Hi there, I'm Gianni Infantino, president of FIFA, and you are listening to the Football History Boys podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Football History Boys podcast with me, Ben Jones, and as always, Gareth Thomas. Hello there. So this week's episode is a Champions League slash European Cup special. We're going to be looking at some memorable moments from the tournament's history, as well as having a closer look at the tournament that started next week. And we're going to also do a couple of quizzes, a couple of games before looking closely at the proposed reforms to the current Champions League format set to be introduced in 2024. So, Gareth, what's been going on? Well, we are just off the back of the international break, aren't we? Um, Kosovo, England last night. Kosovo pushing England, very, very much pushing. They won the second half, as people were saying, 2-0, 5-3 at St. Mary's Stadium. Yeah, interesting. Why was it played there? I, th- I presume it was to do with attendance. Um, people are saying actually Wales' game on Monday against Belarus should have been played uh, elsewhere because I think only 6,000 turned up to that and that should have been played maybe at North Not Wales. Not great, yeah. I was talking to my barber the other day actually and he, uh, he said he had tickets for the Wales-Belarus game and then he saw it was windy, rainy and thought, nah, you know what? It's not worth it. I think it was 20 quid as well. And you're like, why on earth have you charged that for a friendly against Belarus? Should have done it. Um, should have done it free for kids. Yeah, go on, all in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, not not the best result. Well, two wins, but against Minos, Azerbaijan, and Belarus. Um, and can wins be deflating? They feel like they are actually. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Belarus was a comfortable one now. Uh, Azerbaijan should have been comfortable. It was looking comfortable, but they just they struggled to get that second goal. Well, don't they? To just put teams to bed. Yeah, and I I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite us. I mean, gigs. Uh, we say is united the fans really in terms of all the Welsh Premier Cardiff Swansea Newport Wrexham all the fans are sort of united in thinking Giggs isn't the right man for the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, people are saying you know let's not be hasty. Uh, remember the bad old days, but actually, I don't want Wales to remember the bad old days. I want Wales to no. kick on and say let's yeah. be a footballing nation like someone like Iceland to have kicked on and, and are challenging to top their group. You know, it's, yeah. There's no reason why Wales, with the infrastructure that exists in the Premier League and the players coming through Premier League and Championship, can't compete at the highest level it doesn't look like it's happening under gigs no I mean we could talk about Wales all day to be honest can we so Champions League yeah we're going to West Champions League slash European Cup uh, have a look at the because we touched upon it last time the uh, tournament which is starting on Tuesday and there's some absolute blockbuster games straight away what have we got Dortmund Barcelona oh huge cracking wow. game I, I'm, think, I'm thinking I think after, since the Barca lost to Roma uh, when Roma came back and then they obviously lost to Liverpool 4-0 I think that air of invincibility around Barcelona yeah, has disappeared now yeah. and I think anyone going in against them especially when they're playing at home so if, if when Dortmund are at the West Fallon Stadium and so on they're going to think we can we beat these yeah easy. and Dortmund have had a brilliant start of the season they beat Bayern Munich in the Super Cup shock loss to Union Berlin just before they uh, the break but have been flying, so I think uh, you know Jaden Sancho and that could have a field day against He's Barcelona. What? Who won the Spanish Super Cup? I don't think it's taking place yet, is it? 
It hasn't, no. It's actually taking place in January. I think it's in Dubai or Qatar. Maybe it's Qatar because that's where the World Cup's going to be in a couple of years' time. Uh, but it's a four-team tournament with uh, Barca, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Valencia. And I think it's like two semi-finals and a final um, purely to boost the game, I guess, and get a bit more money in the in the pockets of especially Barca and Real Madrid. Yeah, it's a bit like it's taking us away from Spanish fans, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. They I didn't get their it... way, did they? They wanted to take La Liga games abroad, but obviously that didn't get their way and it was voted down. So perhaps this is La Liga's, uh, the, the Spanish league's way of saying, let's yeah. go and take some games abroad. Yeah, so those first games, we've got... Liverpool-Napoli uh, on Tuesday yeah, as well. Liverpool-Napoli. I mean, I was I was telling you before the uh, we went on, on air today about uh, the goal show on BT Sport because it's your first... You with BT Sport, isn't it? Yeah, can't wait to have it back. I mean, I've had um, obviously been to the pub to watch all the big games, but not to not to watch the everyday Champions League games. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, basically, it's like it's like Gillette Soccer Saturday, but with that, with the goals, with the free kicks, with the penalties, with every decision you need, uh, being watched by Raphael Honigstein, Julian Lorenz, James Horncastle, and I can't remember the last one. Sorry, uh, but yeah, basically it's four European journalists uh, the presenter, and they and they watch the uh, the games, but you watch it as well at the same time. So if there's you what you can watch Napoli Liverpool as well as uh, the Barca game at the same time. Gosh, um, I want that for Wednesday then because it's Atletico Juventus, PSG Real Madrid, Shakhtar Man City, Bayern Munich, um, Zvesta. Zvesta, <laughs> yeah, Red Star Belgrade. So that's going to be cracking. Yeah, I thought uh, Wesley Schneider did, did a good job in the draw of uh, pronouncing all yeah, the Yeah, he, he nailed that, didn't he? He'd obviously been practising Red Star Belgrade so. in, in uh, the native language, but yeah. I, we laugh and Ashley Cole actually struggled with some, but in fairness to him, some of those teams in the Europa League are very hard to pronounce. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So let's have a look at the listeners' most memorable moments of the Champions League slash European Cup, because that's what we asked... You all this week? Yeah, we asked. We put a couple of Champions League questions out, didn't we? Um, one of them was, "What is your favourite moment?" One I got just before we came on uh, from my friend Lewis Williams, and, and it's one that we watched together a few years ago. Actually, it was it was Gareth Bale's overhead kick. I know it's not one of your favourite moments. No, and I think <laughs> that was Liverpool. Fan, we were all wanting really Liverpool to win. I think, and then Bale came on, and obviously he'd had a bad season, and I mean last season was worse for him, but at that point it had been his worst season at Real Madrid. And then he turns up and and smacks that overhead kick. Oh my gosh! You uh, yeah, perfect. Zidane, he obviously didn't go with Zidane, but Zidane was shocked by it. Um, and they they went crazy with his with his family. And we were watching it together, and they just went mental. Um, yeah, what a moment! I'm, I'm going to start with the listeners' moments. Um, go on. So Lanish and FC, who we mentioned in the last podcast, actually, but one of their dream teams. Um, they've actually their most memorable moment is actually concerning Red Star Belgrade and it's when they lifted the European Cup in 1991 it says Red Star honour players who are deemed to have had a major impact on the history of the title and as such this team has been honoured as the sixth star of Red Star Prozanecki and Savicevic the big names in that team now I actually watched a clip of the Red Star versus Bayern game from that season's campaign because of course those two are playing uh, on Wednesday and yeah Robert Prozanecki oh He's incredible. What a player. I watched the montage room then because I remember when we did our first um, 
top 250 countdown when we first ever started. Yeah. And he was someone, uh, one of the players that he got quite a few votes at the, at the start. And I, you know, I have to admit, I hadn't heard of him. And I've looked it up since, and yeah, what a player. So, yeah, that's that's a good moment, that, because it's probably the last time sort of a one of the, the lesser-known European clubs uh, has, has won the European Cup or Champions League, because since then it's been the same same old story, really. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Dortmund in 97 was a bit of a shock, but otherwise, same old story, same old teams. Um, Porto, perhaps. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we've got one here from Tyler Hughes. Um, Don Mateo's great goal in the San Siro that ensured qualification to the next round of the Champions League for uh, Leeds United in the year 2000. Don it, Mateo. That's a name from the past. Um, at the expense of Barcelona. So, yeah, I mean, that was when Leeds weren't stuck in the championship. <laughs> that was when Leeds were... Leeds were a semi-final, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Sean Lewis saying Lucas Moura last year um, in Amsterdam. That was a good moment. I was gutted for... Um, Going for Ajax, but that was a superb moment for Tottenham. That was, yeah. Actually, that moment that you said about um, from about Dominic Matteo, I think Anthony Lewis got the same moment actually. Uh, so two Leeds fans there. Big Leeds fan, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Someone here, Chris um, John Terry slip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, I the tears well, in the rain, wasn't it? The tears in the rain, yeah. Yeah, um, we've also got Anne Solskjaer has won it. So the ninety nine. Uh, final in played in Barcelona between Man United and Bayern Munich that last uh, two goals in the last minute from Sheringham and Solskjaer I mean even as Liverpool fan you've got to say it's an incredible moment uh, we've had, we had a couple saying of course the miracle of Istanbul of course 3-0 um, I mean, down at yeah, half time that's an obvious one isn't to it to win really? on penalties unbelievable yeah that that got that is ingrained in my memory um, as a yeah. year 8 as a sort of a 12 or 13 year old just being oh my word what a moment I came to school the next day with a Liverpool uh, flag dropped around <laughs> me um, someone's going about Ajax here they started the fixation with total football and yes, they uh, began, began to play um, yeah because I, I actually asked didn't I as well who do you think the best team was um, in Champions League history and um, we've had quite a lot of replies I put I gave three options I said I gave Ajax 71 73 uh, Real Madrid, that initial 56 to 1960 uh, team, and then I put in Liverpool, eight, uh, 77 to 84, and then other. So please comment. We're going to go, to that, go back to that in a bit, but there's a couple more moments here. I've uh, got a Newcastle moment, haven't we? Yeah, Coleman had a dream. Um, he's a big Welsh fan, but he's also a Newcastle sport. Uh, Newcastle's come back from three defeats to win three in a row and qualify for the second group stage with a 3 2 win versus Feyenoord. Bellamy with their last gasp winner, 2-0 up, pegged back to 2-2, Bellamy wins it. And he says it's the first time he ever swore in front of his dad <laughs> in wild celebrations at home. I can imagine for a new gas fan that must have been an absolutely massive moment. We've also got uh, uh, Gerard's goal versus Olympiacos. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, beauty! Yeah, Andy Gray, of course. More than a game, 66. Um, Lehman sent off in 06 and subbing Robert Pires. Maybe the saddest moment he's ever felt for a player sitting down knowing his Arsenal career was over his last game I remember that watching that happen actually I remember thinking that oh, that's changed the game well ended the game really because I remember Arsenal playing really well Lehman sent off then Arsenal did take the lead didn't they if we saw Campbell but then I think they just ran out of steam yeah couldn't hold on anymore Zidane's goal here at Hampden Park of course that incredible effort volley um, so I've got about Patrick Cliver in '95 for Ajax, um, and Arsenal beating Inter Milan five one at the San Siro. 
Um, specifically, Henri turning one of the greatest fullbacks of all time inside out. Now, the San Siro is actually another another moment I'm thinking of. Can you think? Do you know what I'm thinking of? Big moment. I am concerning the Welshman. Yeah, another Gareth Bale moment. Yeah, another Gareth Bale moment. That hat three. trick. Yeah, that hat trick. That's what really announced him on a European stage, wasn't it? We've talked mm. about Bale plenty of times in the past and um, his struggles initially at Tottenham, wasn't it? Talk about the three million pound move to Birmingham. Um, and all those different things and then he yeah. started to announce himself and that Inter Milan game I think will stick with him probably for the rest of his life yeah uh, I mean they, they lost the game but I think he was, he was still a left back then wasn't he I think he was number three when he did that and then he yeah they, everyone saw flipping Eck he's pretty good at, at scoring goals moving forward and yeah the rest is history as they say uh, yeah so amazing moment got Drogba's header against Bayern Munich here yeah um Oh, I hated that game because <laughs> I remember watching it obviously with our, our mate Ollie from uni and he's a huge Chelsea fan but I remember Bayern Munich completely dominating that whole game and then Chelsea had that one chance and it was it's, a, it's an amazing header to be fair yeah I mean you don't stop those and then yeah I mean Drogba, Drogba was a man for a big occasion though when he Drogba was the man for the big occasion he, he won a match Champions League that season all by himself very much he just he played out of his skin, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think he knew he was going to leave. Uh, yeah, what a player. Um, but yeah, some fantastic Some moments. huge moments there. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back and discuss some people's best ever Champions League teams. Cool. Okay, so let's have a look at the results of um, the poll then about the greatest ever Champions League side. Okay, look. So we got uh, 198 votes, which is pretty good for one of our small daily polls. Um, very close, actually, the final result. Ajax 20%, Real Madrid uh, 56 to 60%, 24%, Liverpool 77 to 84 26%. But the one that came out ahead was other with 30%. So most people obviously um, preferring other teams and. I'll just have a quick, quick look now. I think most common was actually the Lisbon Lions, the Celtic team from 67. Uh, That's a fair I, shout. I think one fan, um, one Celtic fan got on it and I think they retweeted it and a lot more <laughs> Celtic fans jumped in and made their case that that is the best team. And if you look at the sort of facts around it, it's, it's pretty impressive how the uh, all, all 11 players were from I think within 30 miles of yeah, the stadium. Yeah, well, from the Glasgow area, wasn't it? I think it yeah, really, yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, and obviously, it's it's one of our most important moments in football history, how the Catanaccio style of Inter Milan in, 60, in 67 had been dominating Europe, a bit that sort of negative football. And then this uh, team, uh, Jock's team, team, isn't it? They came in and revolutionised it and played this attractive game, beat uh, Inter Milan, and yeah, yeah, ten Football miles. So you ten miles of Celtic Park. Ten that, miles. That is well. crazy, isn't it? That's is absolutely crazy. You wouldn't see that again. It's what what a lot of them have actually said. A lot of the fans who've commented to Celtic have said, "You would never see that again." Yeah. And they're absolutely right. Yeah. Unless like a local team from Cardiff or something would went on to win the Champions League. Athletic Bilbao, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, the Basque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another popular one, of course, was Pep's Barcelona. Well, I was in the barbers yesterday and. Uh, the my barber Ross, he said, his team of choice would have been that Barca team. 
they were just phenomenal. We again, we've mentioned them in the past. We mentioned that you know Messi when we talked about our best players and Bush gets, um, but that side was for us certainly the age we were watching so much football in our teens, just unbelievable. Isn't it? You know, a side's good when you can quite easily recall one to eleven without any problems. Oh. Victor Valdez, Aldar left back. You got PK. You got Poyle. You got Danny Alves at right back. What a player he is. Busquets, Xavi, Iniesta, David Villa, Pedro, and who was the last one? I got I missed one player out. Nail. Well, they click up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Messi. There you go. How can I miss that Messi? I think you're joking. I'm thinking of the Spanish team. You know, I just completely yeah. No, Messi. Yeah, of course. And um, oh, just sensational, just sensational to watch. I absolutely loved it. And um, they gave a few kickings to Real Madrid as well, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, Madrid gave them a few literal kick-ins as well. Yes. <laughs> Ramos. Yeah, that. I was watching actually on YouTube the other day. All of Ramos's red cards against Real, uh, Barcelona, which is hilarious that there's a video, it's about seven or eight minutes long, <laughs> just red cards against Barcelona. Um, yeah, another one people mentioned is the AC Milan team. Uh, Italian at the back, Dutch flair at front, perfect. That's Peter Thornton, he's tweeted this quite a few times in the past. I had a, cu- had a couple of them, didn't we? Uh, a couple of Milan... It is a phenomenal side when you look at it, actually. Maldini, Van Basten, Rijgaard. Baresi? Yeah. Marcus Simeone, Baresi, Ancelotti as a player. Tosotti? Yeah, Costa Curta, Colombo, Rude Hullet. Yeah, what a side. That's incredible. That is an incredible side. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's caused some good debate. And I've enjoyed that in the lead-up to the Champions League. It's been good to have. I think, actually, one of the two AC Milan teams, the team that lost to Liverpool in 2005, that... I can name that one to eleven again. I'm not. Rem- I'll not forget anyone like Messi. Yeah. Um, and that's an amazing team as well. I mean, you got oh, it's madness. Dida, Cafu, Nesta, Stam, Maldini, Gattuso, Perlo. Uh, you got the Gambrosini might have played. You got Shevchenko, uh, Kaka. Crespo, Kaka. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that that side lost to Zaydorf, Liverpool. Is that that, that Liverpool like when you look with, at the comparison yeah, with Jimmy Traore? Yeah, and he, and a, a bench consisted of Biscan, Nunes, and and the like Scott yeah. Carson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even you know, there's not Carragher was a great player, but Carragher still wasn't in that it, European. Yeah, Carragher and Nesta aren't. Yes, not they're quite not in the same, same category now. No, they're not. Absolutely not. And um, yeah, I th- I've in- I've enjoyed people's opinions on that. And as we said, we look forward and we'll chat later about uh, how the Champions League, the European Cup, could look in the future. Just out of interest, if you are interested in that Real Madrid side you mentioned, um, I wrote an article uh, a few years ago, but it's worth looking up on our website. We've tweeted out, we'll tweet it out once we uh, send this pod out too, um, about the beginnings of the Champions League or the mm-hmm. European Cup, as it was called then. Um, Real Madrid obviously dominated those early spells. They racked up a huge number of champ- yeah, European Cups, five in a row, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and obviously that was Pushkas and, and De Stefano and people like that in the side. Um, but it's really interesting how how it started, and you can look it up, look at our website, thefootballhistoryboys.com Yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter at tfhbs. You can have a look on our Facebook too for the uh, Football History Boys. And then if you want to talk to us, send us anything, then you can email us at thefootballhistoryboys at hotmail Lovely. Brilliant. Shall we have a cup of tea and then we have you have a new quiz for me, I think. Yeah, it's a good quiz. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this.
Just just before we do your quiz, Ben, I just uh, saw uh, time recording his, his company's testimonial tonight. Great player. You laughed at my idea of including in my favourite eleven ever. I didn't laugh. I scoffed. You scoffed. Um, but as I said, it was a personal favourite ever eleven, and I absolutely loved company. But uh, as some people have said, his, his classic company, he's had to pull out of his own testimonial injured. So feel sorry for him. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, apt. It is apt. Yeah, maybe maybe that is the best thing for his testimonial. It sums up. Yeah, his terrible. Nah, he, he was a great player, an excellent captain, and a, a very intelligent bloke. Yeah, you make a great manager. You make a great manager. Anyway, let's have your quiz then. Right, the quiz is from Match Magazine, so I'm sure a few of the listeners when they were younger would have collected Match Magazine like we did. I had it every every week for about three years, from Jay's the news agent, which doesn't exist anymore, sad, in uh, Cardiff, and I used to go with my mum after school to pick up Match Magazine. Oh, it was brilliant. I used to get mine from um, Sainsbury's in Thornhill, but there used to be a news agent next to it, and like a blockbuster, but they got rid of them. But I used to have a subscription there and I used to go and pick it up. But yeah, anyway, we can talk about the closures to shops for about five minutes. So we're not going to do that. Right, okay. So this is from May the 9th to 15th, 2005-2006 season. I'm looking at the front cover now. It's got champions, Chelsea, John Terry lifting the trophy. FA Cup final showdown, Gerrard and Rio Coca. And then Rooney's injured before the World Cup. Shearer's just retired. Uh, Middlesbrough have reached the UEFA Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And, they were a good side. But the main thing in this week is the European Dream Team, which Match has picked from uh, Europe's hottest stars. So I'm gonna. Your quiz is to guess. Your quiz is to guess a team, but I'll make it a bit easier for you because that's a bit difficult to guess it on the yeah. spot. So uh, each position that they have, they have five players. Okay. okay, and then you just need to pick who they picked. Okay, simple enough. Okay, okay. So then, turn five six. Remember what happened in that season, that Champions League season? Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal losing to Barcelona. Yeah. Okay, right. So here are your goalkeeper options. So there, there are some great names in these. Who, you know, if you play, where are they now? We struggle. Okay. All right. Jens Lehmann, Marco Emilia. Iker Casillas, Gregory Coupe, and Petr Cech. Who did they pick? God. So Match Magazine is British-based for our foreign listeners, which we do have foreign listeners as well. Thank yeah, you to we everyone do. who listens outside of the UK quite a lot as well. A lot of countries. There's actually quite a few. Yeah. We, we have mentioned that over before, but yeah. Yeah, thank you to everyone who it's listens really all, over, all, over, all over the Literally all over the world. All over the um, world, yeah. But yeah, anyway, Match is a British magazine, so I think they will have favoured Petr Cech just because I think it should be Iker Casillas, of course, but Real Madrid... Hadn't won a lot then, so I'm going to go with Petrak. Okay, they've gone for Jens Lehmann. <laughs> okay, so obviously Arsenal made the final, they've gone for him, so that might sway your thinking. Okay, okay yeah. He did a weed in the other side of the pitch once, so I remember that. Yeah, and uh, they've mentioned it because he saved Raquel May's penalty in the semis okay. in the last minute. Fair big, enough. Big moment, I'm sure. More than a game 66, we'll be happy with that. Right, ten about options. You've got to pick two of these five, okay? Okay, you have John Terry, Chris... From Leon. Oh my word! Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so it. These are good names. Okay, uh, I'm guessing it's you know the manager of um, Watford. How do you say his name? Kike Sanchez. Kike. Right, it's not him, but someone the same name. Kike Alvarez of Villarreal. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Carlo Torre, Carlos Puyol. They are fine. Puyol is Champions League finalist. Yeah. Oh, and Carlo Torre. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Got them both. So. 
I mean, John Terry just won the league again, but Kolo Torre had a fantastic season. Yeah, he was, he was yeah, good. He had a good couple of years, didn't he, Kolo Torre? I think that was you that Poyol really stepped it up, didn't he? Um, they spelled his name wrong here. They've got Carlos Poyol, but it's Carles, isn't it? Uh, there you go. Right. Charles. So you got two mm. of three so far. Yeah. Okay, well done. Not bad. Okay, next choice. Fullbacks. Okay, it's two of these five. Hatem Trebelsi. Remember him? No, I don't. I actually went, I think you went to Man City for a bit. Uh, Javier Zanetti, Emmanuel Abue, Gianluca Zambrata, and Rafinha, the one who went to Bayern. Yeah. She's at Schalke then. Yeah. So they're the five best fullbacks in Europe. That's, that's crazy. For two out of six. I think my match are wrong there, but anyway. Um, Zambrata. Yeah. I don't know this. I'm just going to go with who I think it should be. And Emmanuel Ebuet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, the super quick right back has become the surprise star of the season, stepping up in for the injured Lauren. So you go Ebuet and Zambrotta, who then, of course, a couple of months later, would go on to win the World Cup 2006. There you go. So you had a fantastic season. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, right, so you've got four out of five. You're doing well, yeah? Okay, wingers. Pick two of these five. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Simao, Embrim, he was good, and Amantino Mancini from Roma. He did all the uh, step overs at one time. Yeah. I'm going to do with Simao Sambrosa. Yeah, okay. And I think it's just too early for Messi. Just read the first. Who's after Messi? Ronaldo, Ronaldinho. Uh, I go Ronaldinho and Simao. Okay, so Ronaldinho, yep. World Player of the Year. He bagged seven goals in that campaign. What a player. And the other one was Cristiano Ronaldo. I know, I'm surprised by that as well, 2006. Yeah, go on. 21-year-old. Hot thousand of tricks. Yeah, pretty tasty goals as well, it says. And yeah. you wouldn't have predicted that he'd go on to be the goal-scoring machine that he is back then, would you? No, not with Messi either, to be honest. They love wins. How about that one? Sorry, I've just seen on the back of the match magazine is the Football Crazy album. That was a brilliant album. It was football chants, football songs. It was like a pre-World Cup thing, I think. But it was brilliant. Yeah, it's got features classics like Crazy Frog, Tony Christie's, Is This the Way to Amarillo? But they changed the changes. Is this World Cup? World Cup. Yeah. Vindaloo is on there. Good, that. Sorry. Yeah, for 10.99 of HMV. Remember when CDs were a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. It's me feel old, this. <laughs> Centre midfielders. Pick two of the five. Okay, Janino. Michael Ballack, Juan Racalme, Stephen Gerrard, and Kaka. Oh, that's a hell of a five. Oh, I think they've gone Gerrard, and oh, everyone loved Racalme. Racalme was like linked to the Premier League so often as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Match loved him. I just remember Match loved him. I remember the Football Ramble loved him as well back then. Um, I'm going to yep. go with Gerard. Oh, it would be Kaka potentially. Go Gerard and Kaka. Okay, Gerard, correct. Yeah, he scored 21 goals that season. Pretty good for a set of mid. Um, obviously, then a couple of days later, he scored that, that 
35 yarder in the champ in the sorry in the FA Cup final against, yes. uh, in the last minute. Yeah, I watched that interesting one. I watched that in Cardiff High Street, uh, Queen Street. Did you? In the window of Dixon's. Oh, amazing! <laughs> the the you know TV sellers. I watched that. I was watching there. I think we got into town to get the atmosphere. That was it. Like we used yeah, to I do, do that as well. I went to yeah, town. I used to go to town because when it was in Cardiff, been held there for a while. Well, Wembley's been rebuilt, and we, we wouldn't have got home in time, so we just watched it in a TV shop with other people. I went in, but I think I got back in time for the game. Right, the other one was Ra- Raquel May. Oh, it was Raquel Yeah, May. so he obviously made the semi-finals yeah. that season. Magical right foot, free kick king. Uh, did not, didn't do much for Argentina, though, at the World Cup. There were a few months later, didn't he? Mm, yeah, he was really highly tipped and then just sort of fell away, didn't he? Okay, strikers. you got Samuel Eto, Andre Shevchenko, Luca Toni, David Villa... And Terry Henry. I think Henry's got to be there. And I think it could well be Eto alongside him. You are correct. Yeah, Henry. So he obviously captained him to the final. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that's that. That's, looking at the Arsenal there, it's got that really nice kit. That maroon that final year of hybrid My favourite ever kit of all time. Maroon kit. Favourite ever, ever kit. And I wish yeah. I could have bought it. Actually, to be honest, I looked at it the other day to try and buy it and it's still so expensive online because I think it's still... It's probably quite a big thing now. It's such it? a loved kit, yeah. It is. It's timeless, isn't it? If someone had that kit now, it wouldn't look out of place. No. Whereas some kits, they do. And you would say to people, that is a lovely kit, still. Yeah. I think even their keeper's kit's nice. Though. Yeah. yeah. yeah what, Arsenal, well done. Um, so anyway, yeah, Eto, the other one. So 25 goals in La Liga. Five in the Champions League. Yeah, so not bad. I mean, there were some some suspicious players in that list, wasn't there, uh, altogether. But how many did you get in the end? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven in the end. Seven out of 11. It's not bad in my 2006. That's probably one of your best ever in our quizzes. It's not, not bad, is it, to be honest? Um, but to be honest... Match magazine is pretty good to go through. So it's a good little, uh, yeah, timely reminder of it what it used archive, to be. Yeah, isn't it? It is an archive because even you got the the you know different things uh, articles and stuff. But you've also got the adverts and stuff, which are quite funny, as you said. Football crazy and HMV. Great album. Um, but yeah, not bad. Well done. Excellent. Good. Well, I want to bring back that match magazine. Maybe we'll do that every every so often. We'll I bring think back a yeah a match magazine. I got one for next week. Um, it's looking at. The planet's hottest wonder kids from 2006. So we might see. Maybe we'll do a wonder kid special and see who who worked out and who didn't. Yes, I like that. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu was he was 13 when he signed. <laughs> I think a, so. Yeah. A massive contract with Nike. The know. next Pele. Yeah, absolutely. Where is he now? Wonderful. Let's take uh, one more break and then we'll come back and discuss the reforms of the Champions League. We'll go back and discuss that. It's been a hot. Um, Topic where we post it on, on our Twitter, we got a lot of angry people thinking that we were suggesting things. Thinking it was our idea. Yeah. No. It's not our idea. Don't blame us. Blame UEFA. <laughs> Stop. But not Infantino because <laughs> he's a friend of the show. Anyway, uh, we'll have a break <laughs> and we'll come back you wait for me. in a minute. Okay, so the Champions League topic this week. Uh, but it's up for debate, it's up for reform, it's been in the newspapers, it's been in the tabloids, but it's mm. been across um, Europe, seemingly. The, the discussions for the future of the European Cup. Um, 
we'll just go through with what UEFA suggestions are. So we mentioned, um, I think, was it on the first pod or maybe the second pod, the UEFA Super, Super League, League wasn't yeah. it? And the proposals of the Super League and how lots of the big sides were going to break away and have their own Super League. And so the Champions League um, and UEFA have come back with a proposal to try and keep people on side. Now, yeah. it hasn't seemingly worked, but these are the proposals as it stands. Okay, so what they're saying for the Champions League, it'll turn in 2024 into uh, four groups of eight. So four groups of eight. That's, that's already a bit bonkers, isn't it? Already crazy. First line, already a bit crazy. Stupid. Meaning a guaranteed of 14 matches in the initial phase. So you play each other twice. You play home and away, 14 games. To make that interesting, because of course you could have a load of dead rubbers at the end, the top four from each group, so obviously making 16, go through into the, the knockout phase, the last 16. Um, yeah. Fifth place keeps its place for next season. So they, they qualify for Champions League. So they've qualified again for the Champions League next so season. So the top four have as well. And the top four have. So the top four and the top five are all in the Champions League so next season. So 21 teams are, or 20 teams, sorry, are already in. Hang about. Sixth and seventh play another two legs. So they've already played each other twice. They've played each other another twice to stay in the competition next year. Oh. So the winners of this stay... In the Champions League next season. So, so 24 teams are already qualified. For the Champions League, yeah. So so Champions League, is is that still 32 teams? Yeah, 32 teams. Eight, yeah, so it's 24. Oh. Um, oh, dear. So obviously 7th drop out, and the bottom club, 8th place, drop out. Uh, they are replaced by the semi-finalists of the Europa League. Oh, no. <laughs> oh... And to be honest, I'm not too sure where the other four teams are coming from. <laughs> I can't work it out. It'll be playoff, won't it? it? Yeah, it'll be some form of playoff. Oh, no, that's horrendous. Um, this was UEFA's serious proposal set out to all the clubs, oh. agreed and pushed for um, by numerous people. Isn't there, there's a, isn't there like a European Club Association? Yes. Isn't there? Yeah. yeah, headed by... Um, Van der Sar's big, isn't he? Yeah, headed by numerous people. It's headed by, oh, I can't pronounce his name, forgive me, Agnali, the, the Juventus chief executive. Oh, Juventus is quite big for this. I think purely because there's little competition in Serie A these days. And they're probably thinking, give us a group of eight where we can play Real Madrid, Liverpool, PSG, for example, they think. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's called the um, European Club Association. And they talked about, they had a, a, they've had a meeting over the international break. Um, and they've had various discussions about what's coming, and this is why we know it's coming in 2024. Um, UEFA have protected the Champions League as it is until then, but they've said that reforms come in, and it's chairman, here you go, Andrea Agnelli, the Juventus chairman, and he's also chairman of the uh, club association, has said uh, that reform is very close to being agreed. This is summarising what he's saying, but reform is very close to being agreed. Clubs are at the heart of the decision-making, but... That ultimately reform is coming. We must invest in youth, incentivize youth development, reinforce clubs, social impact. Talks about bringing women's football to the next level, which is brilliant. All these brilliant things that he wants to do. Um, but as he sees it, he says that reform has to come. Nothing set in stone. And here it is. I think we came to the conclusion after talking to you, to the club association over the past couple of months, that more European football is inherently good for the game. We strongly believe that whatever the future holds, we must train a strong symbiosis with domestic leagues. Well, that's positive to hear that they want to protect domestic leagues. Well, I say it. He, yeah. He says that. Yeah. He says clubs are at the heart of it. 
Um, but this is going to ruin, surely, domestic leagues. Uh, just to go back to the Champions League proposals, to win the Champions League, you would have had to play 21 matches. 14 in the club, the, 14 in the uh, group stages, and then to get to the final and to win uh, it, 21 games. Well, 21 games is going to eat it massively into a domestic season. Yeah, I think. It, I mean, it, it's They're just talking a about way weekend of, football. It's basically just the European Super League remodeled, isn't it? It's just a way of making pacifying them and and UEFA keeping control. Yeah, I mean, Van der Sar. I know he was quite a big. Uh, he wanted the change, didn't he? Because he thought Ajax obviously came within a, a second of reaching the final last season, and this season they had to go for the playoffs, and they almost didn't qualify. So he said yeah. it was a scandal that someone who'd done so well the season before had to go through playoffs. But you know. Personally, I think this current system is fine. Well, and we've discussed that. And I've chatted with friends as well, and we've said that actually, we love the Champions League as it is. I, I know, I know. People say that actually, there's a um, you know, why should top four teams be included? Uh, for me, I find the Champions League really, really entertaining. I think um, it's, a, I think it's a great format. I think it allows other clubs to qualify, as we've said, Red Star, Belgrade, people like that. I've got a chance to come in, Atalanta, first season in the Champions League to protect the places like they're doing there with 24 places being solidified and the Europa League providing the next four teams. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I've seen a couple of um, uh, different versions of this uh, Champions League proposal as well because I was watching the debate on Sky the other day and they had a second group stage as well. Yeah, which is harking back to some sort of old World Cups and and, uh, and, and Champions League. League. Yeah, when Cup. I first started watching Champions League, probably around turn of, turn of the millennium, there was two group stages then, yeah. um, and the second group stage was always quite entertaining because it'd be all it'd be, I think it was four groups of four, but they'd all have pretty good teams in there. So you'd have again two games against each other, but really high standard. Yeah. So you'd, I think year one year Liverpool had Barcelona and Roma in their group, and it was quite quite good. And this, of course, includes the third tier competition now, and that third tier competition is where yeah. they're talking about these. And I don't like saying smaller clubs, but we'll call them for the sake of this smaller clubs. Uh, take part so this is where the other countries get their shot and their their wording of it is you can earn your way into the Champions League by winning winning the competitions moving up the levels it just seems it just seems crazy Um, it's caused quite an uproar on our Twitter and we posted the the picture of the proposals Um, people various people from across the world uh, Spanish speaking people having a lot of having to go at us saying oh what, what ridiculous proposal is this it's not our proposal it's not it's UEFA's yeah they thought I think they thought we'd come up with the plan but it's interesting we said that that maybe it's not so widely known outside of Europe what's going on I, I mean, obviously it's the Champions League it's like us knowing about the Libertadores yeah and South American people will know but everyone thinks it's ridiculous I, I don't know where the thinking for this is coming from so we've asked uh, yeah people's pockets and it trying to fill yeah. it yeah that's basically where it is we've asked people what they think because um, it's, it's obviously going to influence us all things that yeah. we like uh, there seems to be quite a different opinion in this so here we go um, Mark Small scrap all competitions currently in place make one huge and two leg uh. knockout tournament with 5 and 12 teams <laughs> that's something like you do on FIFA isn't it and you yeah. go like create a custom tournament you just put you put loads of teams in, but yours put in your own group. Someone really bad, so you can stuff them. Yeah, but yeah, that that yeah, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. No, but hey, be entertaining. Uh, Ethic up fact file. They replied with number one: 
Champions only in the Champions Cup, Champions League. Okay, so that's a bit like when it first started, it used to be the Champions. Uh, get rid of the league stage. Okay, controversial. So yeah, that does just that can't be called Champions League anymore. Um, just one leg with a replay if needed. Maintain the midweek games, which I would agree with because I quite yes, enjoy that. Yeah. Share TV money and prize money uh, across the league and bring back the Cup Winners' Cup. So, of course, he their name is the FA Cup Fat Fire, the big into the FA Cup. So, yeah, I think the Cup Winners' Cup obviously gives an incentive to the FA Cup yeah. even more. But, yeah, I mean, I, like you said before, they, they're introducing a third tournament anyway with the Europa League 2. Um, so, instead of the Instead of the Cup Winners' Cup, they got that now, haven't they? Yeah, I think is we we chatted about that. And I absolutely see where people are coming from when they say Champions League for champions only. Um, the the problem is you, you narrow down who's going to win the Champions League that year. I think because we yeah. can say that yeah, absolutely, Red Star Belgrade, and uh, you know all every league should be represented. However many, if you want to do thirty two European leagues represented, you still only going to get the winners probably coming from either Italy, Spain. Brilliant. Yeah, you're gonna get the same winners. It's not. It's not gonna change who no. wins it. I mean, it, it would mean that if you had just a league winners in there, say there was 32 league winners, so on. Uh, teams say say your Welsh team automatically qualified. Yeah, it would mean they got more money pumped into the club because yeah. they're in that bigger tournament. But also yeah. having you know TNS playing the champions from I don't know Moldova. No one's gonna to want to watch it. Well, the problem is the, the revenue unless you're a TNS fan or a Moldova yeah. fan. The revenue wouldn't be there, would it? I mean, I I pay for BT Sport horrendous amounts of money as well as Sky Sports, <laughs> um, as loads of hundreds of other people. Pubs, I, I was reading somewhere something like pubs it cost them something like twenty thousand pounds a year to wow. show um, the football, and obviously all those pubs across Britain and Europe showing it. So it. The money wouldn't be there for a tournament like that. The appetite wouldn't be there. And that's what I think UEFA are playing on, is that if we can make this massive tournament, there'll be money there. Now, it doesn't make it right. Yeah. It would it would make it a more incentivised in terms of money, wouldn't it? Just have a look at the uh, European Cup from 1981 when Liverpool beat Real Madrid in the final. Just seeing who they had to play to get there. So Liverpool, I mean, there was a first, second round, then quarter-final, semi-finals and final. So there's only five rounds. Yeah. Uh, they played Aulan... Paolo Sua in the first uh, knockout round, which they won an aggregate 11 2. So, no real competition there. Then they've been Aberdeen, who they beat 5 in aggregate. Then CSK, Sofia in the quarterfinals, 6 1. So, I mean, the competition's not really there, is it? And the semi final, they played Bayern Munich and they, they uh, go through there. But uh, And the final's obviously a difficult game. But those initial games are not exactly the. Yeah, glamorize of of these days, and I I don't think it, it just works anymore. And as I mentioned uh, with the article I wrote about the start of the uh, Champions League, the European Cup, as it was back then in the fifties, it wasn't that Real Madrid had easy teams to play um, throughout the tournament. There were some tough ones as we got to the later stages, but in those initial stages, Real Madrid were far better than everyone. I think people remember with nostalgia, perhaps there's nothing wrong with nostalgia to look back on things, but competitiveness wise we're not going to have as a competitive uh, no. a Champions League if we just make it Champions only or just say Champions and the domestic cup a lot, a lot of people want to see is the Champions and FA Cup get a place yeah. Welsh John here suggestion um, it's probably something that's so far fetched it'll never be considered three competitions so a bit like FA Cup Fat File Champions Cup for Champions only a cup for the second third and fourth place in each league which is quite mm-hmm. interesting 
and then a cup for the winners of each association's cup, so the FA Cup, the Copperdale race, so on and so forth. All to be played, home and away ties, and a draw made after each round. Finals uh, on a, a one-off game on a neutral ground, so an updated yeah, version. Yeah, I remember when they changed Champions League cup. to having four teams from the uh, top five leagues qualify. So uh, England, uh, Spain, Italy, Germany, and France. Uh, well, it was before that it used to be three, and I think before that was two, and then before that was one. But I remember in two thousand and one, and I'll go back to Liverpool again. But when we won the UEFA Cup in two thousand and one, I remember it being quite a competitive tournament because I think we had to play Barcelona, mm. uh, Roma, who had a you know very good team back then, Cafu and things like that, um, Porto and things like that. We had to play quite difficult games in order to reach the final because I think if you came fourth and fifth, you went you went to UEFA Cup, and before that it was third. Uh, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. So there was a bit more competition in the UEFA Cup then, but there's no real appetite anymore for the Europa League, I think. Ever since it ever since it really changed its um its name, I think it sort of lost a bit of that uh that feel. I think it depends on clubs in it. Um Yeah, true. For the clubs that qualify and it's their first taste of European football or um their real shot at a Champions League, remember Sevilla, did they win it three seasons in a row? Yeah. Um you know, for them, absolutely brilliant. It gave them a route into the Champions League. They dropped out of the Champions League, they'd win the Europa League again. Um, so, for a lot of clubs, it is. But, you know, last season, I watched the final in... Uh, where was I for the final? Arsenal versus uh, Chelsea this season. I was abroad somewhere. Um, and I watched it. And, of course, it was popular. Of course, there was hundreds of people watching. I was in Poland. That's where I was. Hundreds <laughs> of people watching in Poland. But almost... It, no, it's not what it means anymore. It's Arsenal versus Chelsea... In a big cup final, you think it should mean a lot more than it does. I don't think it does anymore. So, no. yeah, I, I I think UEFA has to do something. What that is, I yeah. don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at Champions League this season, they got some amazing ties straight away in the in the group stage. I think they've changed, didn't they? I think last season or season before, that the the league winners automatically are Top. first seed as yeah. well as Europa League winner and yeah. the Champions League winner. I think that's been quite good because it has meant there's always two big teams in each group. Um, and, and, sh- and, off- and so you should. That, that again, Champions League. So Zenit were a top seed. Now people would say Zenit aren't a top seed in terms of this, the side there. But they've won their league. Russia are uh, high enough up in the confederation points that they get yeah. a top seeding. Fair play to Zenit. They, they won their league. They should be top seeds. Yeah, so... Uh, and then a lot, there's a lot of teams now because there's been so the Champions League recently you've had, you often have a team that comes out of nowhere and just does quite well every season so I think of thinking of Roma a couple of years ago and I think Monaco a few seasons before and that. Ajax last season and Ajax of course so there's so the third seeds now are often quite decent so this year it was quite a few good ones um, Inter Milan and so on so yeah I think uh, I think it's alright now I think it's perfect myself but yeah and that was our conclusion maybe that's influenced by the fact that we are football head start in about the year 2000 but, um, but yeah but if you win it now I mean if you win it if it if it changes you've got to be a, a real champion yeah I mean last season they had to be uh, they had to beat Barcelona they had to beat PSG they had to beat Bayern Munich so they had to beat you know champions of three different countries there and uh, Napoli were no uh, pushovers Napoli again yeah um, travelling to Red Star Porto champions as well I think so yeah I mean you know, you you got to be the best to win it. I understand the finances of it, and and I think that's what people come down to, and that's what, as you said, they're doing Van der Sar with protecting Ajax, 
people have said that the finances aren't fair and, and that's where the, the money needs to be spread fairly perhaps. We had a couple of replies saying similar things of how you know it isn't fair that the big clubs dominate the money. Um, you know, we've already touched upon how that's that's what attracts people as I said in Poland loads of Polish people watching that final because they, they, they do love British football as well they love uh, the big the big sides um, Gustav Torres said UEFA is responsible for the enormous concentration of wealth and quality footballers in European football that is making the transfer market unsustainable mm-hmm. we've had very similar things about how the Champions League has made the market unsustainable obviously yeah you know, crazy fees. We talked about Neymar in the past and the fee that was paid for him. That's, I think, maybe that's a slightly different issue. But of course, that money needs to be there to fund the clubs who are spending that much on transfers, isn't it? Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Let's hear your views as ever. Uh, get in touch at TFHBS on Twitter. Uh, email us at thehistoryboys at hotmail dot com. And of course, Facebook, look us up, The Football History Boys. We'd love to hear your opinion on that as yeah. we head into the Champions League next week. Last uh, last thing of note, uh, the Women's Champions League started today. Lyon, the champions, they won their first game 9-0. Um, Centre-back, Wendy Renard scored a hat-trick. She's class, isn't she? Yeah. She's yeah. class. She had a bit, she's a bit dodgy in the World Cup in yeah. the latest stage, but she scores so many goals. Yeah, she does. She yeah, really does. Brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, time for guest of the year. Yeah, love it. Let's have a bit of guess the year. Come on in. Okay, you did very well last time. You got it uh, after about four clues, I think. What was last time? Messi's birth date, but you got it before that. You got it from the, uh, the first ever rugby yeah. World Cup. 87, yeah. Cool. Okay, guess the year. Okay. The first JD Weatherspoons pub is established by oh. Tim Martin in the London borough of Haringey. So the first Weatherspoons is a great pub again to our foreign listeners. Uh, you can order on the app now. That's cool. But anyway, when, when did that happen? Great pub. Not such a great owner, but there you go. Um, oh, 19, 19, oh, Weatherspoons. Oh, they sort of sprung up out of nowhere. There's loads of them now. Uh, 1980, just say 80, yeah, random. Okay. ESPN, the uh, Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, television networks, is launched um, on cable television in America, 7pm Eastern, on the 7th of September that year. Um, the network was created by Bill and Scott Rasmussen, um, and it's a channel dedicated to sports. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking of this on like Sky Sports. I was in Britain in the in the early nineties. Ooh, but I think in America they might have had it a bit earlier with the cable. And I know in the Simpsons, Homer tries to get cable so he can watch the sport. I'll go for eighty-five. Okay. Pope John Paul II visits his native Poland. He becomes the first Pope to visit a communist country. Okay, so that gives it a clue because communism fell in the Eastern Bloc in around 1990. I'll go 85 again. Okay. The United States and the Soviet Union reach an agreement during the Strategic Arms Limitation Talks, uh, better known as the SALT Talks, SALT Two, during... Uh, this year, U.S. President Jimmy Carter, so there's a clue, oh. and U.S. Uh, Soviet leader Leonard Brezhnev uh, signed the Salt Salt Two Treaty. So it's to uh, to limit arms being produced across Europe. Oh, okay. So it's, you, I, because you said Jimmy Carter, you're limited it now to four years. It's between seventy six and eighty. Oh, seventy eight. 
Wolverhampton Wanderers set a new national transfer record for 1.5 million. Uh, signing Andy Gray. Sky Sports is for I'll go for 1980 then. Gloria Gaynor reaches I Will Survive and Blondie reaches The Heart, Heart of Glass. Good songs. 80. So give you a slight clue, two clues left. Daniel Bedingfield, cricketer, uh, female cricketer, Charlotte Edwards, pop idol winner, Will Young, and rugby legend, Johnny Wilkinson, are born. 79. Nottingham Forest win their first ever European Cup. 79. 79, correct. Well done. Uh, I was. I said 80, didn't I, on the first one? Yeah. Oh, I was so close. 1979. Ah. I thought I'd throw you a bit. I mean, maybe you were thinking along the lines of maybe Liverpool or... You threw me a bit, yeah. I thought... I didn't know how long John Paul was Pope. Ages, seemingly. When did he die? 2005, something like that? I remember him, yeah. Ages. Yeah. He was there for a while. Because yeah. the next one wasn't very good, was he? Uh, but what's the, the new ones? Uh, season thing older, isn't he? For, San Lorenzo. Or he used one, to be a San Lorenzo, yeah. yeah. There's pictures of him in a, a San Lorenzo kit in Argentina, yeah. With a flare. Francis, yeah, loving it. <laughs> loving life. Brilliant. He, he wasn't an ultra, was he? Or was he? He may well have been. <laughs> Fair play to him if he was. Fair play to him if he was. There we go. Anyway, oh, it's been like um, a fun episode, this one. Yeah, we will be back in uh, perhaps a fortnight's time. School's getting busy, isn't it? Yeah. Both of us teaching. <sighs> yeah. School's getting busy, um, but we will be back nice and soon. If you've got any ideas for a future episode, if you want us to cover anything, as we said, get in touch at the usual places. Um, all the best with your fantasy football for this week ahead. Oh, yeah. Too. Who's ahead, man? Go into the uh, go into this week. No. I'll, I'll give it a quick check now because uh, I think when the listeners are on tender hooks, uh, wanting to know not me, sadly. who is the top of the. Of the table, I think I've moved up quite a bit actually. So I've, I've had some good weeks. Right, uh, okay, let's have a look. Thornish boys league table toppers. Tom Routledge. Hey, we used to go to school with Tom. Yeah, his team is Boom Shaka Laka. Two hundred sixty-four points. He's twenty points ahead of Matthew Chapman's Vamos Lagos. Did he have a very good week? What, how many points did he get? Eighty-three. Oh, a huge. And week. you are down in seventh. I've dropped significantly. Right? I, I haven't looked to be honest because I dropped from first and I don't want to. Oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone up to 26 now. Yeah. 214. So I'm only um, 20 points off you now. So yeah, I'm a good week away from getting into that top 10. Yeah. There you go. That's anyway, fun. it's time that I need to go and plan a lesson. I, I've planned on mine. I'm way, I'm way ahead. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, listeners. We will see you again. Goodbye. Ta-da.